0: Tomorrow I got
1: to kick to me radio da 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 ta da Tomorrow I got kick to me radio da
0: da da ta da, da, da.
1: Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio, episode 204. Today we're talking with Sean Ayala about his 8-bit Masters of the Universe game, PlayMotu.com, that you can get out on the beta testing. We'll then talk to Jerry Milani, the head of Wizard World's PR department, all about virtual cons and how Wizard World has adapted in the face of COVID. Stand by. We're
0: talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Don't know
1: Star Trek from Star Wars. We'll try to explain. The adventures of ninjas, the Hogwarts houses, and more. for those of you who are longtime listeners, thank you, as always, for tuning in once again. For those of you who might be brand new, welcome to geek me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. We try to bring you new and exciting guests every week from the world of pop culture. Today, we have two. Sean Ayala talking about a brand new video game he's developing. And Jerry Milani, the PR person behind Wizard World, talking all about their virtual cons. We're going to start out the day with Sean Ayala. Right now, we're talking with Sean Ayala. A new game coming out. It's in the beta mode for all of you Nintendo fans who love the old school NES like me. And you, obviously, as an '80s child, loved He-Man. He is now merging these two into a beautiful child called PlayMotu.com. Sean, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. This is exciting. No problem. Great to have you. I always, uh, I love finding stuff like this on the internet. So great that I'm just scrolling through Instagram and I, you know, I'll do a hashtag He-Man on Instagram and all of a sudden, Oh, what's this? It looks like a game. And I started going through your feed and it's amazing. (laughs) How long ago did you start working on this?
2: Well, so interesting. Um, just, I want to say September 21st. Um, Mm. I've been, I've had this idea for just a a quick little moment. I mean, I feel like I had this idea forever. Um, (laughs) because I've been waiting for a game, um, or I feel like we deserved a game like this back in the eighties. Um, But I actually started to actually like really develop it back in September um, because I was trying to figure out what what can my kids do during, you know, this time that we're at home and we have all this extra time. And um, I started doing some research for him specifically because he said he wanted to do some games or music. And I came across this um, platform, this application that allows you to create games and, cool thing about it right like technology has caught up with us where back in those days you needed to go to school back in those days you needed to have a ton of money back in those days you had to know the right people and i came across this this app that allowed you to create games and um i was gonna i was gonna help him create something but then i came up with an idea and i was like oh i can definitely <laughs> bring something to life and that's where play motu was
1: born <laughs> and so not that not that long and so this is it's not like you have a background in coding this is what you do for your day job this is just an app and you're like let's make the most of this
2: Exactly. So my day job, I'm really in, um, I'm in marketing. I've been in marketing for over a decade. Um, so I love like just the idea of promoting things or creating things to try to get out to market. Um, but I never really found, um, anything for me per se where I can create and develop something. But when, when this app, I found this apps called gdevelop and, um, I stumbled across, um, a gentleman by the name, of, uh, his his YouTube accounts like I think it's wish force um, and he was teaching how to create games it was just like the fundamentals of like how to hit how to how to move and I just I just soaked it all in and, and I just went to work in designing these pixel characters and and then one thing led to the to the other it's like this is a really ambitious type of game to create. Because when it comes to creating games from where I'm learning, because it's the first time I've ever created a game in my life, (laughs) um, there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, Animation, sound, um, um, objects, like colliding, like there's just all these little pieces. But after I started creating, the first character I created in in this this whole design was Skeletor, because I wanted to see what I can actually do. Mm -hmm. And then... It just started I just started creating everything else out of it as if I was using Skeletor as my base, and just like the original He-Man toy line, everything was a replicate of each other. So I started doing that same thing, and a lot of the characters started to get born out of it. But back to your original question, yes, this is completely new to me as a, de- as a developer. I've, I've designed my entire life, um, which I'm happy and excited that I'm able to bring that aspect to it. Um, but putting in putting it into a game that you can actually move, it's pretty interesting.
1: So, has it is it one of those things where, like, let's say you could have chosen to do like a sixteen bit if you wanted to go Super NES, or you could have gone more graphic, uh, I guess. Um, what, what's what's word I'm looking for more intricacy in the look, but you decided just the love of old school. You decided to go eight bit, or is that just the way the app works?
2: Uh, no, I mean for me, I've. I've always had my love has always been Super Mario Brothers and then Super Mario Brothers three and then um, Donkey Kong. So like or or Sonic the Hedgehog or Excitebike like NES is just ingrained into me. And every time I go down like the Target aisle or the Walmart aisle, it's like I love the pixel style. I think it's a it's a lost form. And even if I don't want to say it's a lost form because people are doing some incredible things, bringing Adding more pixels more into their graphics. Um, but that simplistic style of not trying to make it extremely, uh, current, but keeping it to the old school. I just, I just have this infatuation for just the old school look and feel that when I saw what was capable within the app, because designing is, is a separate function of it. Like you can, you can kind of create any type of game from a graphical perspective um but when I went down this rabbit hole of like what will I create I thought of He-Man I thought of wishing we had this back in the late 80s um and I'm like let's create a pixel style retro game because it it just no one has created it when I look at all the type of games that has been created yes Atari 2600 created the first first he-man style game Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just you writing a win raider and that was pretty much it for the entire game like no one have created anything at least from what i'm aware of that takes you through the story of the the tv show and have references to the mini comics and the entire toy line like to me i want to see that like so uh, pixels has just been my thing sorry i know i go off on some tangents no, no, i get no, no. excited this is great. about
1: it but no there's plenty <laughs> of reason to be excited this is very cool and so i saw some of the stuff you're you're working on him swimming and i guess people give you feedback like hey there should be like bubbles so that he can swarm into them to get some extra air you got the shadow beast some really like great easter eggs from the filmation series and everything like that how much longer do you see the development before you i mean obviously you could add stuff all over. You could throw in Stridor and Fisto and you could have Cobra Khan pop out and all these cool characters. How detailed do you plan on get you have? Like, have you given yourself a target date for, okay, this is when I'm stopping.
2: So I think, um, it's funny when you think of just this property in general, I mean, it is a massive franchise, um, which is exciting. Um, I, I do believe with this first release in, in my head, originally, when, when creating this game, this game was originally, it's, it's originally being created for me, right? Something I've, I've dreamt of forever. Um, and I think as I, as I look back at like filmation, so I was, uh, the show was started in 1983. So I was about three years old. So I didn't really get to, um, embraced the TV show until probably 1985 ish, 1986. Um, and there was a, there was a group of people before me who embraced it a lot more with the comics and all that kind of stuff. And for me, um, I want to root the game in the original Filmation series because that's what I knew first. Yeah. And I think when I think about just developing the first rendition of this, um, I gotta have that original cast. So um, Evil Inn, Triclops, Trap Jaw, Beast Man, and and I know we keep getting the same characters over and over, but I but I do believe that if this is if this becomes something cool, um, and that I love to create and keep going with it, I can see a part two, I can see a part three, because even in this first in this first rendition, I want to still include She-Ra. So it's Masters, is He-Man, Masters of the Universe featuring She-Ra. Okay. But there's a total spinoff that can take place off of this. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say, I will be adding in Easter eggs because they you know, I feel like you have to have a scare glow in here. You, you have <laughs> to have, um, like, there's all these iconic characters that we love today and and I'm really leaving it because up to, to your original point around like um, people suggesting things, I'm really I'm really hoping and I'm loving the response that I'm getting right now. The community is going to help bring this to life because I don't want this to just be a game straight from my perspective. I want this to be a community game that we all feel proud about. And I want everyone to have their input. Yeah, I can't do everything, um, but I can start seeing a a a, a, tre- a trend, a trend of what people are excited about and what they're seeing based on the feedback and I'm willing to make you know these suggested changes to really create something that we deserved you know so and
1: since you're going with the filmation, not so much the Mattel toys I take it we'll get the large blue attack track and not that horrible red one riding <laughs> attack track that we got from the Mattel line. and we're going to take our first break, come right back. Chatting more with Sean Ayala about PlayMotu.com. Please stand by.
0: Hi, this is Alan Oppenheimer, the voice
1: of Skeletor, and you're listening to Geek to Me. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. The show would not be possible without our wonderful sponsors and our premier sponsor, of course, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. You know it from the website that we talk about all the time, discoverst.charles.com. Uh, just went down to the Tompkins House there not too long ago, had cocktails at the bar. Snow-covered streets of St. Charles. It's a beautiful place. It's a historic landmark. There's all the rich history. We mentioned the great places to eat and, of course, to shop up and down Main Street and all around st charles it's just a great place to visit if you've not visited before and you live in st louis you have no excuse go ahead and hop over the river go check it out a lot to do a lot to see uh, the snow is starting to melt spring is right around the corner and you'll want to get out there and play in frontier park bike ride the katie trail you don't have a bike you can rent one from bike stop cafe lots to do lots to see lots of fun to be had plan your trip now discover st that's discover Before we took our first break, we were talking with Sean Ayala about developing the game. Uh, and You can check out the website, playmotu.com. We'll have a link up in the show notes. And we asked him about the vehicles, uh, because obviously the attack track, are you using the Mattel toy line vehicles or the Filmation vehicles?
2: So I started creating that one, so I do have the attack track in there. It's funny, I created that one, and... and it, it it's a it's a pro or con people love it people hate it people want the original people want the new one um yeah. so it is pretty interesting to see where people really like um where where they resonate more with what what they are hoping for um but i love it like i i i am going to give nods as best as i can to the toy line and the mini comics because i can't you know i grew up with the toys so yeah. um but i wish i wish we had a uh, the blue attack track um, vehicle. We never got that as a toy. So, I know. it just it um, seats one
1: person because I had the attack track. I'm like, in the cartoon you can fit like six people in here. It's very frustrating.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I and and then with Origins right now with that whole release and it's interesting because I wasn't even I wasn't even aware or thinking of oh. this release of the the new Masters of the Universe line and for me it couldn't have been a perfect a perfect um collision cuz now i get to also like the only reason p- part of the reason i want scare glow in there is because everyone's going crazy off of this the scare glow toy and how they can't get it right now um or shark the the ah, what is i can't believe i'm already forgetting the name of the shark tank shark
1: it's not shark oh tank. the uh, land shark
2: shark Land Shark, yeah, because because there's that. I mean, there's so many cool things that are coming out that I still want to give nod to those things as well. Um, but it's exciting. It's very exciting.
1: And you mentioned obviously with the new series about to drop, Kevin Smith behind uh, Masters of the Universe Revelations, with with it being such a popular franchise, have you had any pushback from the people who own the rights to He-Man about this at all?
2: Knock on wood. Thankfully, I have not, um, and I um, I won't jinx myself. But um, it's interesting that that has been a topic um, in the conversation ever since I started this project. Um, it's interesting too because uh, um, his name is uh, James. Uh, his last name is Enoch. Um, he created he he created uh, the Return of Faker. Not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, it is another another, um, it was a filmation style homa, uh, um, is a homage to just the show, but he wanted to create a filmation style version of bringing back Faker and they stopped him. Um, I won't get into more details just cause I, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with that, but I did reach out to him just saying, Hey, what do you think? Like, do you think something similar will happen to me? Um, and his his response was although you know i'm not saying what he's saying will actually actually take place but he's like it's a free game like you're not you're not doing anything you're not going to make any money off of it he's like keep making it happen yeah and that's my goal i'm not trying to i'm not going to monetize it i'm not trying to put ads in it i'm not um trying to sell it it is going to forever be a free download um until unless someone says something um or wants to negotiate some things but I was gonna say, <laughs> I, if you do all the work I'm, I'm, I can't I'm,
1: see why they wouldn't want you know, hey you know actually this is kind of cool we'll give you some money if you let us uh, run it from here that'd be an ideal situation more or less i would think
2: yeah you know and cuz first you know fan made is is what i keep like i keep hashtagging it all and that's the first thing you see when you turn on the game so um, for me, I just, you know, I just want something. I just want something once, like that. I can appreciate and like there's some love behind it, whether it was a, a game or a movie, because we haven't really gotten a game or a movie that was just solid based on what we grew up with, whether it was toys or filmation. Like that, at least from what I'm aware of, does not exist just yet. So,
1: no, they that's tried the, the reboot uh, in 2003, which didn't wow me, but it was nice to have it Uh now with Kevin Smith behind this, who is the ultimate fanboy. I think uh this one might impress, especially with the voice talent he's got lined up behind it. So hopefully this will be a nice convergence. And like I said, I'd, I, I'm i sure Kevin Smith would be, be- behind you 100 percent on something like this.
2: Yeah, I would I would hope so. Maybe I should start tagging him in some there you go. in yeah. some of these posts.
1: <laughs> Maybe so. That might not be but a even, bad idea.
2: Yeah, but even from a game perspective, right? Like the last game that we received was back in uh I wanna say it was it was the Tappers of Grace in twenty sixteen. I don't know if you had the opportunity to play that I one on no. your on your phone. It's not really I mean, it it was a licensed game, but it it was just tapping and it was it wasn't it wasn't really, really I mean, it's it was great. It was it was good. It was good. Um but it I'm all about story. I'm all about storytelling. I wanna feel like, you know, I'm emerged into eternia and like, you know, I, I can relive some of my favorite cartoon shows and or comic book frames. Um and there was one game that came out that I thought was really, really um, close to really being good. And it was called He-Man, uh, the most powerful game in the universe. It was on the, it was on the Apple iOS, came out in 2012. And that one was really good from a, um, visual perspective, but still for me, it was missing some storytelling aspects. Hmm. And then, um, and I I guess for me, like, you know, I got, I got to give props to the games that came before me too, because it's, it's helping me kind of figure out like, what is the right direction yeah. I should go with this? Cause if Kevin Smith's going to, cause he's, he's saying like, right, he's going to, this is, this is like a continuation of the original, which is what we all want, right? Like just keep it within, keep it within that realm. Um, so that way we can all look forward to it and enjoy it. Um, so um, there was one last game that I did um, see that I thought was, was really good as well it was he-man and she-ra it came out in 2013 it was a pc only game um it was more fighting fighting style hmm. um but again like there still wasn't no story tell the storytelling around like like filmation or 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 the comics like it was just some fun fight each other up type of thing so okay i'm just trying to bring something Just different and unique, not different and unique, but something that, again, like, I just feel like we deserved something like this. So, but I'm excited.
1: Um, I too, yeah. If Kevin Smith
2: can do it, I can too.
1: Exactly (laughs) right. And we should mention the website again. If you want (laughs) to check it out, it's playmotu.com, com, .com, And you said just Playmo2 is how you're uh, pronouncing it.
2: Yep. Uh, So it's funny because I... From what I'm hearing, um, the community, the way they pronounce um, pronounce it, it's Motu. So PlayMotu.com is where you can download the beta um, when you sign up. Um, you'll definitely be the first to play the next renditions of the game when it comes out. So you'll be the first um, and uh, you'll get some insight and hopefully continue to help support me by giving me some ideas and suggestions. And so that way we can make a game that we all love.
1: And you're very interactive. Like I said, your videos, you're actually talking to the fans and taking suggestions from them and actually hearing them. If people want to connect with you on social media, Twitter and Instagram are the best ways?
2: Correct. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at PlayMotu. That's P-L-A-M-O-T-U.
1: Perfect. Uh, I'm very excited to see where this goes. I'm going to track it along. Uh, Obviously, I'm following you now on Instagram, so it'll be very neat to see the pros, progress of this and see how it all comes together i'm terribly thrilled to see how it turns out well
2: thank you for having me on i appreciate you just finding it and wanting to share it with your community um so thank you thank you thank you i appreciate you james more
1: than you know thank you sean take care my thanks once again to sean ayala we're gonna take our next break come back and begin our conversation with wizard world's pr guru jerry milani please stand by she, was, she was. I am Shira Hey, this is John Heater I've played Napoleon Diamond and other unforgettable characters and you're listening to geek To me Radio I guess it's a pretty good station I've never heard of it or anything Welcome back to geek to me Radio. Before we get to our next guest, I want to make sure we talk more about our movie sponsor. That's MarcusTheaters.com. Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern have a great way for you to go see movies once again. Uh, if you're like me, you've missed the movie theater. You can go to the website MarcusTheaters.com, find the location closest to you, and you can get your tickets right there on the website. You can do what I do, download the app, ...for your phone, and that way you can order your concessions online, tell them what time the movie's going to start for you, and they can be ready to go to make it more of a contactless experience when you go see a movie. Movies are something we don't want to lose. I know a lot of these places to push the movie premieres back. Uh, we saw that with Wonder Woman. We've seen it with the new James Bond movie and Black Widow. But movie theaters are, to me, I would not know what to do without movie theaters. I love going to see the movie in the theater. The best home surround system cannot compare. So support the movies. Go to the website, marcustheaters.com. Find the local movie tavern or Marcus Theaters close to you. Get out there and see a movie in a safe and fun way and immerse yourself in that movie experience. I'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. And Marcus Theaters will be glad you did as well. MarcusTheaters.com, the official movie sponsor of Geek to Me Radio. With that said, we're going to jump right to our next guest. Right now, we're talking to the chief PR guru for Wizard World, bringing you conventions all over and literally all over during 2020, right from your home. Jerry, how are you? Doing well, doing well, James. Thanks. Uh, it, it was weird not seeing you this year. Wizard World coming through St. Louis is always something I look forward to. You guys had the cast of Smallville lined up for us, which thrilled me. And then, Pandemic. <laughs> uh, it just shut yeah. down everything. That, that had to have been... Uh, it's, uh, you guys have navigated it well, though. Talk a little bit about... The early stages. Obviously, St. Louis had to go. Uh, the rest of them that were on the docket fell by. Where was the decision-making process, and kind of talk about the uh, how that all the, the dominoes fell?
0: Sure. Well, we did our first three shows of 2000. So we did our show in New Orleans and in Portland and in Cleveland, and they were really great shows. I mean, they were. We were tracking really well to have another great year with St. Louis. Um, you know, Philadelphia and Chicago all kind of lined up. We had a few new shows we were thinking that we were going to probably announce for the second half of the year, and we're in Cleveland March 6th, 7th, and 8th, and as we're arriving, is just about the time, the 4th and the 5th when we're arriving to kind of set up, it's just about the time when things are starting to break with the COVID situation, and we're still in that mode of Okay, if everyone, you know, keeps clean and we'll have the hand sanitizers out and we'll be extra careful and we'll keep the bathrooms clean, all the things that we normally do anyway, but then to the 10th degree. And we had a successful show in Cleveland. I think we had a few people maybe who said, we we put out the word, look, if you don't want to come to the show for some reason, we'll we'll issue a refund. But we really didn't have too many of those. People came out. People had a great time. It was a great show. But basically, while we got to the end of the weekend, it was pretty clear there were other events that were being closed, especially in Ohio, that this was going to be different. Mm. So we, we finished up our show on Sunday. Basically, as we were closing up our, our grounds on Sunday and leaving to go on Monday back to our various home bases, they were closing the state of Ohio behind us. Pretty wow. much everything was closing, all gatherings. So we basically got in right under the wire. I feel like we got in very safely. There hasn't been any uh, notice of anything that, that during that time that, that there was anything considering that being a spreading event. It was so early on that I don't think a lot of people... Um, had the virus at that point, at least in Ohio. So we were very fortunate that everyone was safe, which is the primary thing for us anyway. And we, we went over and beyond. And the Cleveland Huntington Convention Center was extra aggressive, uber aggressive. And we were you know very happy about uh, partnering with them on that. Unfortunately, what that meant was that we weren't going to be doing any live shows for a while. I and mean, you don't know that right away, but we kind of had a feeling the way things were breaking, and you know, we didn't have a show schedule for a couple of months, so we decided to kind of change our plan, knowing that our live events were in jeopardy, and we, were, we, we just accelerated a program that we were kind of thinking about, kind of working on, had some thoughts about over the past few months, and that was our virtual experiences um, that we started up at the end of March and have been pretty successful.
1: And what a way to get through the pandemic because this is this is great. This is I, I miss the live cons, obviously, but to be able to sit in your kitchen or your office or your dining room and be able to sit there and chat with a cast of Little House in the Prairie or you've got all these. Uh, it, it seems like Wizard World always has a great diverse people like from different entertainment and pop culture realms. But it seems like you guys really dug into it. With some of these cast reunions you have had and some of the just kind of uh, things you wouldn't normally expect to see at a regular con where these celebrities are like, yeah, you know, we can do this for an hour or so. So talk a little bit about uh, the adaptation from March of 2020 up to what you guys have been doing now and how the celebrities have responded.
0: The germ of this idea that this could work came to us in Chicago in 2018. We had a schedule of, I think, six or seven of the cast of Outlander at the show. We're scheduled to be at the show in Chicago, and that's a pretty big deal. Um, That fandom, that Outlander fandom, very fervent, very um, into it, coming from all over the world. We had people literally coming from Australia, from New Zealand, from Europe, from different places that they're so into this show, this was going to really be the first chance to see Sam and to see Katrina. And so when Sam ended up having to film in New Zealand, couldn't literally get out of the country to be able to even come for a day uh, and fly back, we um, switched gears just for him. Everyone else was able to make it, but because he's the headliner, we set up a chat. With fans at the at the location, and we set up a big screen, and it was Skype at that point. There was no no such thing as Zoom, or if there was, no one had heard of it. We had a Skype set up, and each fan who had had the VIP package that was going to meet Sam, you know, and get his autograph and all, they still got his autograph. We mailed it to them, and it, they got to go up to the screen and say hi to him. And it wasn't like just a general hi to the whole crowd. You know, John would go up and he would say hi, John, how you doing? And then Mary would go up, Hey, Mary, how you doing? Great to Great. Thanks for being a fan, that kind of thing. So that was kind of the germ of the idea for us and was more in the mode of when we're at our live shows, let's take some time and have our celebrities maybe in the downtime between when they're doing signings or we'll dedicate an hour every day to a virtual area. So a virtual opportunity for fans who are not able to come to a show, who live somewhere far away, who don't uh, have the, the finances to fly and go somewhere where there's a show, who maybe are disabled, maybe have other issues and don't like crowds. You know, all those fans who have never had a chance to experience Wizard World, that was kind of our first thought of, let's let's do it, let's see what we can do. And we never kind of, we kind of got that going, but we kind of talked about it and never really did it. And then, you know, March 9th, we get back and we had this big powwow with the company. What are we going to do now? let's figure out a way to accelerate this program that maybe we were going to do later in the year, maybe, you know, but, but this was really the, the impetus for us to do it because we knew we weren't going to have live events. So we needed you know, to find a way to still uh, be interacting with fans and still give fans the kind of uh, experience that they expect uh, from a Wizard World show. And you're right. I mean, we started with Supernatural, Once Upon a Time, Buffy. So we came right out of the gate. Uh, March 31st was our first event. So we're talking about from March 9th to creating an entire industry really in three weeks. Wow. March 31st was our first event. We've now done – the one that we did on Sunday was our 190th, 190th That's an with amazing. Morgan Fairchild. So we have done in almost a calendar year 190 different shows – and obviously, it's not the same logistics as setting up an entire convention, but there's marketing and there's uh, the acquisition of the talent and there's um, the public relations and there's uh, reaching out to fans in different fandoms to let them know and to work with the talent. And there's all kinds of factors that go in. We have done everything, like you said, from uh, the, the shows that you're familiar with that you would expect to see a Supernatural and a Buffy uh, at our shows, Outlander, those kinds of things, Grim, but we've also, we had Chaz Palminteri, we had Henry Winkler, who's been at some of our shows, we had the the cast of Dallas, we had the That's cast right. of L.A. Law, we had um, Max Brooks, um, who wrote a book, Dev- Devolution, we did an author series with him, we've done some uh, other authors of other books, we've done artists, uh, we've done uh, You Create Comics, so we've had comic artists on, we've had different realms of the pop culture, uh, world that we, uh, Rose McGowan was on. We had, we've had a uh, voice actors. We've had every different combination note, every different kind of thing offers. We with the Brady Bunch cast. I mean, some things that you'd see at our shows, some things you wouldn't see at our shows, Baywatch. One thing about it is for celebrities, this was a time where they weren't out and, and doing their, their regular work. Right. All the studios were closed. All the opportunities for them to do what they love doing, which is entertaining fans, were shut down. So for them, we were able to do these. We did these on Wednesdays and Tuesdays. It didn't matter. We were doing all different days of the week. We at some point migrated to doing more Friday, Saturday, Sunday, more like our regular schedule, and then we do a rewatch party on Wednesday. That's kind of the mode that we're in now. Mostly Friday, Saturday, mostly really Saturday, Sunday, more like our, our, our events would be because there are a lot of studios that are opening back up and a lot of our, our actors and, and celebrities are back to work, which is great and hopefully they'll be producing some of the shows and things that people will get to watch. But yeah, 190 of these later, and we are going strong and looking forward to some big ones coming up.
1: And like I said, some of these I would never have expected, like, uh, again, just because it was very recent and it was well done, too, uh, the The Little House on the Prairie cast, which is a well-known show, but you would never expect that at a Comic-Con, but it seemed like it was they, they loved it, the actors enjoyed uh, reminiscing and things like that. Of the ones you put on, are you... Is there one that you're most surprised by how well it was received? Like whoever pitched the idea of, hey, let's do a, uh, a, a main, uh, you know, a, a live video with this group or this bunch or this just this particular person, and you were like, oh, I don't know, but it was well received and really popular. And we'll pause there and get that answer from Jerry Milani, Wizard World's PR guru, right after this. So please stand by. Come on!
0: Hi, everybody. This is James Masters with his sexy, fake British accent. You're listening to geek to
2: me Radio.
1: Welcome back to geek to me Radio. Chatting this segment with Jerry Milani, who is the PR manager for Wizard World, chatting all about how they've adapted in the face of COVID with the virtual cons, what all that has brought about for them. And before we took that last break, we would asked him, what has been Wizard World's most popular virtual panel?
0: Well, here's a good thing. I'm going to say probably the little house one, one because it was our most viewed live. So most of our our events, we get about, I don't know, a thousand somewhere in that range, 800 to a thousand that watch it live and many thousand more watch it on replay because it's just easier for people sometimes to be able to watch it at their leisure. So it's available. You can go on, you can watch any of them. But during that week, after we broadcast it, that was on a Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern and 10 a.m. Pacific, so maybe people weren't around to be able to watch it, but people were around to watch that one. And you know, Little House on the Prairie is a show that, like you said, very popular in its time, and really during a time when there were there were three networks, and so you watched what was on, and that was a show that I remember as a as a seven, eight, nine-year-old, even younger, watching with my parents, maybe the first adult show that we watched together. And a lot of people had that same uh, reminiscence about that show. But that's an event, Little House on the Prairie, I don't know if we would, if we were in a live event, bring Dean and bring all, like all the... Uh, Charlotte and all the folks who were involved with that. I don't know, Alison Armgren. We don't know if that's going to be a hit or not. And that's a tough, like guess when you have to fly guests yeah, in and they yeah. have to take a weekend but all they had to do was say yes click on their zoom link and let us do the rest of the work and thousands of fans enjoyed that one and so from the one perspective we were able to expand our reach of celebrities for sure, sure because yeah. you know we had a lot of folks who yeah they've been in our shows before but then there's a lot who have never been in our shows before and now we've met them and now when we have an event somewhere in a region that might make sense. Maybe we can bring in some of the Little House people. Maybe we can bring some of the Animaniacs because we know that that's something that's really popular. Maybe we can bring Warehouse 13 on a bigger scale because that was a really popular one that we did. And in addition to expanding our reach of celebrities, because now it's, it's just a click away, we've also expanded our reach of fandom. And it's the reason I gave you before, there are fans who can't fly all the way to Chicago, all the way to St. Louis, all the way to wherever to go to an event that if we're not in their backyard, but they certainly can click on and watch our, our free live chat or free live Q&A, and then if they're a really big fan, well, then they can take advantage of the paid opportunities which have been really hugely popular, where you can get an autograph, but also even more fun, I think, because you can always get an autograph. Now these live one-on-one video chats with the celebrity of your choice have been hugely popular. The the recorded messages are great, too, but I think these live one-on-one chats with celebrities are the thing that make this work. It's the very different thing. You know, there's Cameo, and they do a great job with the recorded messages, and we do those, too. And you can. There are different services where you can sign up for autographs, and so we do that too. But now these these recorded or these um, these live one-on-one video chats that we also record, and you can get the recording of it. And we also do photo ops as part of that, also. So you can get a a, a virtual photo op uh, with the celebrities too. Those have been really popular, and obviously that's the area, you know, because we're not charging for the the Q and A's for people to watch. Uh, we're bringing that to fans just because they get to see that. And hopefully it's a, you know, for awesome mechanism to get people introduced and go, you know, I really, I, I, Melissa Gilbert was great. I really would like to get a, a, a chat with her or a little left to get an autograph from her. And so that's kind of the marketing side of it. And then the business side of it to keep us going and keep us alive as a company is that part of it is, is the, the, those those purchased uh, opportunities that have, uh, you know, really proven popular with fans. And we're really happy that we get to provide fans with something. I mean, I've, I've been the moderator for the Q and A's, but I've also been the moderator for some of those one-on-one chats and the people literally cry when they see these celebrities (laughs) that they can't believe that they're in a room with this celebrity. And it's, I think even a, a more, you know, when you're online at our show and you're waiting online to get to the front and you meet the celeb for a moment, you have that great moment and you shake their hand and that's really great and touching, but it's a really quick experience. There isn't a lot of time. There's a lot of people online. You want to get through everyone. There's very limited time. With these, the celebrities are taking little longer. We say two minutes, and I don't know, 98% of them have not been two minutes. They've all been longer <laughs> than two minutes. People are, you know, are connecting on a level that's very different, and they're connecting on that level that's different from all over the world. We do a roll call at the top of our Q&As if you've listened to them. Hey, where is everyone watching from? And we'll say it at the top. There's people from Australia and from Puerto Rico and from Cleveland and from, like, we'll just go through Newark, wherever people are from, and we'll just mix them all in together, from Europe and wherever, Japan, wherever they're from, we have found that folks have been able to respond to our show who would never have been able to be part of a wizard world, which is great for us.
1: And it's great the crossovers you'll get, too, because obviously Melissa Gilbert, Little House on the Prairie, also the voice of Batgirl. So you've got probably Batman Animated Series fans logging onto that one just so they can see what she has to say and get a chat with Melissa Gilbert. It's, uh, it, there's a lot of those fandoms crossover and double dip. And I'm gonna say it now if I don't think I haven't seen anybody do it yet. If you're able to, Jerry, I'd love a night court reunion, please.
0: Uh, that would be one that I do. If you've noticed the ones that I do, we we you know as soon as we see them pop up in our little internal um spreadsheet, you know, I go in there and I write my name in for the ones that I want to <laughs> do. Like so when I saw, you know, obviously when I saw Morgan Fairchild, I'm popping into that one. When yeah. I saw you know, any of these ones that I really and a lot of them are in that era, the classic T V sitcoms one I did, the Little House on the Prairie, Chaz Palm and Terry, um, all these ones that I kinda try to, you know, make sure I get, um, that you know, just because they're they're my era and they're my space balls. They're like ones that either I love the movies or it really my thing. And so yeah, I mean that would be I mean Night Court would be tremendous. Um uh, Marky Post was mar was Night Court, I think, yeah, Richard, right? So Richard yeah, we would love to get Richard Ball, yeah, we'd love to get some of the some of the stars from those kinds of shows. And again, that's another good example of one that that would be a rough choice for us to make to have them come to a show. It might right. be tough to decide that we could do that, but to do it as a virtual event, I mean, we yeah, there's some cost involved in doing each one, but it's worth the effort for us. It's worth the chance for us, and and we've found that some of these that we didn't know would be popular. Like, I think that people in our company, and we have a lot of younger people in our company, and they've heard of Little House, and they know what Little House was, and they heard it was a good show, and a lot of people liked it, but I don't think anyone expected that to be the biggest one. And actually, it came right on the heels of Animaniacs the day before, which was our biggest one.
1: That was so So, good. Some of
0: it is that people are familiar now, after 180 of these, now 190 that we're doing them. So naturally, more people are are connected, and maybe that's part of it. But I think it's, you know, we've also had a few that we've done recently that haven't reached that that total. So um, that that little house was a um, revelation for people that maybe we can do some more from that classic TV, and I'm all on board for that, you know.
1: (laughs) And and you know me. I try to do at least four to six cons every year, and not having them this year. My last one was Gallifrey 1 in L.A., Uh, In February before everything shut down. So I think the fact that Wizard World has gone that extra step and thank goodness you already had that kind of seed germinating where the idea was coming to fruition because these conventions that you guys have been doing virtually have gotten a lot of people through 2020. So on behalf of the fans, thank you, Wizard World, for doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah, we're proud to do it. And, and for me, um, the first one that I did as a host uh, was Chaz Palmentarian to get. I mean, I, it, Bronx Tale is set literally across the street from where I went to college at Fordham in the Bronx. Wow. So I love that movie and I love his other work, uh, Usual Suspects. And yeah. say just to, for me to get a chance to be the host of these Q and A's I've probably done about 30 or so of them out of the hundred and ninety Mike, uh, Mike Gregorick is our main host. And, uh, he does, he does most of the, most of them. And I'd say, um, i have probably done the second most of them, uh, along with Victor Dandrich. And so we kind of fill in places where we have stuff that we really like. And we've, we've mixed in a few other hosts as well, which is neat. Uh, give people a couple different perspectives, but for me, you know, I get a chance to, you know, Talk to Morgan Fairchild. I mean, eight-year-old me would have, you know, be, you know, pooping my pants. But forget about eight-year-old me. Fifty-two-year-old me, almost fifty-two-year-old me, is in the same situation. I can hardly believe it either. And for me, I got to, you know, I've gotten in my in my life here, in my world with Wizard World, gotten to meet a lot of great celebrities and and, and whatever. But these virtual experiences. You know, it's expanding that even more, and for me, it's a, you know, it's exciting for us on the Wizard World side as well to be able to you know to present this and to be part of it.
1: And again, these conventions, the virtual online stuff has been great, but I certainly missed the live experience. we just got the email update uh, last week and it was sad to see that the show's been pushed back, but they're still on the docket. They're still coming. How uh, fast and loose are we playing with the schedules on these? Is there a possibility they can push back again? Obviously, it's all kind of a very fluid situation. But are we hoping that they're going to kick back up by the end of the year, mid to end of the year? We'll stop right there. After this commercial break, come back and wrap things up with Jerry Milani of Wizard World. So please stand by.
2: Hi, this is Barry Bostwick. And, damn it, Janet, would you just keep listening and come back to geek to me Radio, will you? I have one thing to say, and that's damn it, Janet.
1: and we're back for our final segment here on geek me radio i'm your host james enstall and we're chatting with jerry milani who is the pr manager for wizard world and we asked him obviously it's a question on everyone's mind when might we start to see some live conventions come back into play
0: I mean you know it's not our call. It's of not course. anybody's call. I mean we if, you know Chicago we we moved Chicago to June of this year and then you know had to reschedule that one almost to the same dates as we normally do Chicago a little bit later very end of August our Philadelphia show which is normally May or June you know now has been postponed twice as well and that's going to be in November. New Orleans were missing out completely this year. St. Louis were missing out completely two years in a row. Cleveland, we're we're missing this year. We've moved it to next year at some point. We don't know when. And Portland,
1: we were able,
0: fortunately, to do Portland in 2020, but we're missing that in 2021. That's going to 22. There's a lot of factors, including every other other kind of convention that would have been on during that year is also looking for dates in these same convention centers. So for us, we're lucky that these are the shows we've done the most so you're not seeing some of our shows that maybe we've done a couple years and trying to go back there because we're not going to have that kind of gravitas with those centers that we have in a in a St. Louis or a Cleveland or a Philadelphia where, you know, we can um, lean on the fact that we've gone that many years and, and people know in those centers that this is going to be something that people are going to want to come back to and it's going to be a successful event. And, you know, for us, this our our, our lifeblood is interacting with the fans at live shows. I mean, we've been doing these for a long time, 20-plus years, and all these other pieces that we do, the Wizard World Vault, which has a lot of memorabilia from those conventions and from other sources, and the virtual experiences and all that, they're all offshoots, though, of the Wizard World show, the actual live event. And when we can get back to doing those live events, you're still going to see the virtual events. You're still going to see the vault. You're going to still see the other pieces that we're trying to work on right now to maybe enhance and augment what we're doing to just connect more with fans on different areas. But our lifeblood is those, da- is those live events where people meet in person. They, they live their pop culture fantasies in person with not just meeting the celebrities, but meeting other fans who love the same things. And the, the virtual events are—they're virtual. They're—they're they're finding a way to help people connect. But you and I know—you—you you said it. You go to live shows. They're not—it's not quite the same experience. It's a different experience for some people. It's better, and some people it's not exactly what they want. But we're happy that fans are getting that part of the experience. And I'm doing Legally Blonde on Sunday. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. That'll be great. That will be we fun. have Clerks coming up. Um, we have Walking Dead coming up, and then. You know, we go from there, and and that gets us through February, and then we move through and and go. But, yeah, I mean, I I hope that we are able to get back to where we know the schedule and we have whatever is in place to make it so that fans can feel safe, that we can feel safe. I mean, we've done eight shows in St. Louis. You know, we need to be back doing shows. We've done seven. We were supposed to have an eighth one. You know, the next show we do will be our eighth. That's one of our long-running, mid-range, long-running shows. And we want to get back there and we want to do it over again. And, you know, Chicago would be 23, I think. And, mm. you know, it's going to be weird counting now because, you know, we used to just be able to count up how many years and subtract by whatever year it is now. But where we got? Well, how many? Which year did we miss, you know, we Chicago? Was one it twice. once or twice? Yeah. Or what do we do? I'm <laughs> going to be, you know, s- serving up the history, hopefully, in 2025 when we look back at this. You know, we will have done all the shows since then, and we're kind of back into a,
1: you know, but everyone's
0: fighting with it. Sports are fighting with it, yeah. theaters are fighting with it, and and Broadway is fighting with it. And every kind of group sessions where people come together, other conventions, you know, for us, it's always interesting to see what other conventions are going on when we're at our show. What's in the other hall? You know, is it a... You know, is it a business convention? Is it some other kind of thing that's related to ours? And I always love seeing what those are. And, you know, those those guys and gals, they're all going to have to figure out what they're doing as well. So we fit into the ecosystem whatever way we can and hope we can, you know, be able to bring this back. We have a tentative date of May 6th to 8th that we've announced for St. Louis for next year, for 2022. But, you know, that's just pending. I mean, we have those dates, so we know that um, – You know, if all goes well and we're able to get back, that we have them reserved. But, you know, we do still need to, um, you know, use caution and and have the safety of fans and celebrities and folks we work with and centers and everyone at the primary, primarily safety. And then after that, if we're able to get back to doing the shows, well, we're going to because that's what we do.
1: Looking forward to it for sure. Uh, Jerry Milani, you can catch up, keep track of Wizard World at Wizard World on Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, WizardWorld.com is the website. Check out the cities. They'll keep up to date with uh, when they're bringing your city back, depending on where you're listening to this. Where can people find you online, Jerry, if they want to kind of keep up with you?
0: Uh, at Jerry is my Twitter handle as a, a long time and and you know, now the 10 year suffering Packers fan with, uh, all of that. But GB pack, Jerry is my handle. Um, dot is the best place. Like you said, we just relaunched the site about a week ago with, uh, the idea that our, our events are now a combination of, and they're going to be for moving forward, a combination of live events and virtual events and alt everything that we do. So we're, um, we're, we're happy with the way the Wizardworld.com has come out, and we hope it's an easy way for people to figure out what we're doing.
1: Very cool. Well, hopefully we'll see you in St. Louis here sooner rather than later and uh, look forward to keeping up and seeing more of these conventions online. Jerry, thanks so much for your time today.
0: James, thank you so much. Take care.
1: That's going to do it. Thanks again to my guests, Sean Ayala. Go check out PlayMOT. T U that's playmo2.com and thanks again to jerry milani of wizard world Wizardworld.com. make sure you follow them on twitter and instagram so you can keep up with all their updates thank you as always to joey v making this show sound as good as it does i would not be able to do what i do without all of his help and thanks to you for listening for tuning in share this on social media make sure you're following me on Twitter and instagram at geek me radio give the page a like facebook.com geek to me radio and until next week my friends it's
2: not in the way you watch I sound
1: Eternia. a good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of Geek to Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themisarian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Hera, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geek to me radio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the